Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. This episode of the HR Works podcast is brought to you by the X program by Truth Initiative. Truth Initiative is the largest public health nonprofit dedicated to inspiring lives free from smoking, vaping, and nicotine. The X program is a digital health program for tobacco addiction built in collaboration with the Mayo Clinic, empowering the quitting experience for people who smoke, vape, or chew tobacco, giving them the digital and human support they need to quit for good. In the current labor market, HR leaders are delicately balancing the need for a unique and differentiated benefit offering to attract talent with a fixed budget. Today, we'll speak with two members from Michigan-based full-service Tier 1 automotive and industrial manufacturer, ShapeCorp, to find out which incentives and rewards they find are working to attract talent, retain their current workforce, and improve employee health. We're joined today by Holly Severance and Erica Phelps of the Health and Wellbeing team at ShapeCorp. Erica, Holly, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thank you for having us. Well, it's great to have you on. So we're going to dive right in here. First off, can you share with us what ShapeCorp specializes in? Yeah, you bet. Um, As you had mentioned, we're a global tier one automotive supplier. We're headquartered in Grand Haven, Michigan. Um, We are a family owned company and have 14 plants globally, which make up roughly 4,000 employees. In the U.S., we have plants in Alabama, Ohio, and Michigan. And our well-being department services are U.S. locations, which also include two other sister companies, as well as team members, spouses, and dependents. And I would say our population consists of roughly 65% males, with the average age being around 40. That's great. You've got a massive footprint there. And Do you mind also sharing just what you guys focus on as members of the health and well-being team? Yeah, so I would start by saying, you know, Wellness has been a large part of our culture since the very beginning. So our on-site gym that we have opened in 1993, and we've had a dedicated on-site wellness staff since then. So one thing that we have kind of shifted over the last few years is looking at well-being from this total rewards perspective, so more of a holistic and integrated approach rather than just the physical aspect or the nutrition aspect as it probably was in the past. So we really work on supporting the physical, mental, financial, social, and community needs of our team members. And we've really transformed over the years, starting with a push, again, like I mentioned around that physical well-being, um, to now where we're creating a well-being hub for our team members and their families, which will include an on-site gym, a nurse, our dietitian, which is actually Erica, um, a success coach, and then our employee assistance provider as well. So it will be a center for all things well-being. That's so great. It's a, yeah, it's a full service offering that you're offering there at ShapeCorp. That's very impressive. And that's definitely something we've seen, Holly, just in the past two years, especially, is that understanding that wellness goes beyond just work-life balance. I think that's something we were all so common to attach to wellness early on in the workplace. And it's those multiple steps. I think you even listed off five there's so many components now to a holistic approach of wellness. So that's, that's really great to hear. You bet. All right. So how has the current environment affected your benefit offerings for employees and their family members? You know, I think when we look at the current environment, it kind of stretches back, you know, probably in my mind about two years, a little more than that. 
back to, you know, the pandemic really caused a shift in early 2020. And I think the first thing we noticed immediately is just rethinking communication. I think every employer had to probably rethink how they communicate with their team members. And that could be just basic communication messages, whether it was internet or email or how we share information, but also expanding access or promoting our virtual care for basic medical needs and such, and then pivoting into more virtual offerings of programming that we were already offering, but just meeting them where they were, which wasn't always at work. So definitely communication and that virtual arena that we hadn't really done much more than dip our toes in previously. And then I think another thing that has definitely affected the way that we manage is it opened up, it exposed a greater need for support programs. And fortunately, because of the history that Holly shared, we really had a lot of programs in place, but we realized that we really needed to rethink how we were pushing those out and bring them maybe a little bit more to the forefront. And what I mean by that is our EAP, Employee Assistance Program, with our counseling provider that supports team members across the United States. We provide complimentary visits to them to access that regardless of their insurance coverage. So really expanding, pushing that out to utilize that resource for themselves, their spouses, and dependents. The challenges faced with things like daycare um, and implementing some programs related to that, flexible scheduling, partnership we already had established with our West Michigan Works our employment service agency here in the state of Michigan, which also branched into our financial support program we have in place for team members experiencing unforeseen challenges and pushing out another mental health program that our health care provider offers at no charge to our employees. So that was a really, really long answer. It's yeah, a great program. That's but we're impressive. kind of proud of what we have in place, but also maybe... I don't know. It was it lit a fire under us to really push some valuable things that we had maybe sitting a little bit in the shadows. That's the thing. We all went through so many different experiences after March 2020, but I think universally it was such a big catalyst for change for all organizations to realize and kind of wake up to say, hey, we need to be focusing on something beyond just base level employee wellness, that there's something more there. And, and as you said, Eric, I love that you mentioned meeting employees where they are, right? And finding new ways to communicate. I think that came to the forefront really after March 2020 and organizations like ShapeCorp are learning how to do that um, and going to great lengths to figure that out. So it's great to hear that you've got such an impressive program being put together right now. So we're here today as part of collaboration with the X program by Truth Initiative, so let's talk about tobacco use a bit. How many of your current employees are currently using tobacco? You know, when we look at the 2021 plan year, we require an annual nicotine pledge of any team member or spouse covered by any of our medical plans. And 9% of those team members in 2021 confirmed nicotine use. But we also had, we don't believe that that's a truly reflective number, because in addition to that 9%, we had 11% that didn't answer the pledge. And you pay whether you use or whether you fail to answer it. So that always leads us to believe that there's some people that just don't take the time because they're going to pay regardless, um, which would put that number closer towards that 20%. Right. And have you seen an increase in tobacco usage since the start of the pandemic and over the last two years? It's been a very stressful time for so many of us. And we've seen has led to an uptick in tobacco use. Have you seen that at Shape Corp? I don't know that we can necessarily pinpoint an 
increase in overall tobacco use. But what we can say is that more people did opt into the X program and to utilize those support services that are available versus those who were paying the surcharge. So maybe more people were willing to address um, their use. Yeah. I mean, that's also been another focus I think we've seen over the last two years is more of a focus on health. So not just tobacco usage, but maybe more of an emphasis on quitting um, and turning back to improve your health. And that's what so many of us have used the last two years to reassess and oftentimes get better. So that's great to hear too, that there is actually more of an investment from the employee base in quit programs. So what has been your approach to really support people with those addiction issues or even just mental health issues in the workplace? I and mean, how has that evolved over the last few years? Well, since we just talked about the X program, I'll talk about that first. <laughs> um, I think our relationship began with them in 2019. And, you know, I think at that point it, it was new and people didn't know what to think. And then over the years, those that do complete the program each year as part of our annual requirements, Maybe they don't necessarily quit, but they gain powerful tools or support, even just thought processes that they need to cope. And so I think that awareness and acceptance of the X program has at least, I like to think, improved or people realize its value more. I think going into more of beyond that, what have we done to support people with mental health issues? You know, in some ways, a silver lining to the pandemic, and and there certainly have been some, is that it's becoming a little bit more okay to talk about mental health. People are a little bit more open to the conversation. The stigma maybe has been reduced. um, And we are taking the approach of getting to the root. um, And again, meeting them where they are. What's the cause of the stress? Are they willing to sit down with someone through our EAP, um, whether that's in-person or virtual, or would they rather utilize a self-guided online option through my strength that we're able to offer in partnership with our medical provider. So those are some things that they can direct, but then we've also um, added an all staff training that's required annually on mental health. So it's a, it's a virtual training, but just again, starting that conversation that it's okay to talk about it and that there's support services available. So those are just things that we've we've tackled or like to think we have. And just to piggyback off of what Erica just said, I think, you know, getting our leaders to talk about it um, has been important. And it's really shown over the last two years, they've had to talk about it with the pandemic. They've had to do webcasts where they're coming on and saying, you know, we're in a weird time, but we're here to support you. And we've made so many shifts as a company to do that. And um, just last week I was in a, we were making a video on mental health and the importance of it. And our president talking about it's okay to not be okay. And so to kind of change that culture, whether it is around nicotine use or addiction or mental health to feel comfortable to come forward and at your place of employment and to say, hey, I'm not okay. I need some help with whatever it may be. 
Yeah, that's great. And what I really like there and so much of what we've seen is that it comes from the top down now. There's been more of an embrace from the C-suite level to talk about mental health, be open and, and honest and transparent with their workforce. I think that's really opened up that conversation. Um, Erica, to your point, you're right. The conversation around mental health has really picked up over the last two years. And it's commonplace to talk about where you are in day-to-day and understanding how much that impacts how you bring yourself to work. And it's all tied into the workplace performance. So I think embracing that has been great. There's certainly been a lot more transparency within the workforce in talking about different struggles. Um, and that's, that's again, then led to offering different programs to support that. And with the conversation starting, then you can recognize here's what our employees need and here's what we can offer to really be a great employer and create a great experience. So creating a great experience and really making the workforce appealing, that's a big part of recruiting. Obviously, recruiting has changed a bit over the last two years as well. We're going through the great resignation. Um, Some may say we're out of that and we're going into another phase, but even still, recruiting has changed. So how have your policies for recruitment shifted over the past few years? Well, interesting you say that. Um, We've had a big shift. So just a little history. I'm sure when our company first opened their doors, I'm actually positive because I've seen photos of team members smoking out on the factory floor. But in 2005, um, we stopped hiring tobacco users. And that was a big thing in West Michigan where we live to do that. And our founder at the time just really felt like if we have this huge wellness program and we are trying to create this culture that we care about our employees' health, why are we hiring nicotine users? Well, we didn't know a lot then. Um, So we had stopped hiring nicotine users. However, anyone who was hired before that rule went into place was grandfathered in, meaning they could still use nicotine. However, they had to enroll in what was our nicotine program at the time, or they paid a surcharge. So that lasted up until 2019, and that's when we made the shift to the X program. So at the same time, we redid our whole well-being program. We shifted to more of an incentive-based program, understanding that we needed to meet our team members where they were at. So maybe there were people who were nicotine users and they weren't ready to quit. Um, That was fine. That was okay. But we wanted to make sure that we had the appropriate tools and resources available for them um, for when they did. And that was the X program. And yeah, that all plays into the assessment of talent and understanding, okay, to make the push to say no nicotine users is all well and good. But there's also, I'm sure, some great talent within the workforce that you would like to keep on and offer those services to and help them through and give them access to that program. So I think that that's a really smart approach. And again, something that so many organizations are seeing is being adaptive and understanding, okay, what can we do to keep great talent as well as attract new talents come in? Yeah. And I think we were probably naive in those years to think that nicotine was the biggest issue. You look at just addiction in whole, whether it's mental health or alcohol abuse, and what's to say those aren't more detrimental than nicotine. So I think we've learned a lot since then, but know that we, when we made that shift and we decided to hire nicotine users, we knew that number would go up and we wanted to make sure that we had the tools and resources education-wise to support them. So being members of the health and well-being team at ShapeCorp, how much of a role are you seeing benefits playing in securing staff and as part of the recruiting process? Gosh, I think more now than ever before, obviously the job market is extremely challenging. Um, We're being forced to think outside of the box. And although benefits are important, we realize that our employees typically care more about what's coming out of their paycheck 
from a medical premium perspective, and then their deductibles. So we really had to be creative with trying to drive those costs down and make it as affordable and beat benchmark, but also adding in some new programs. So we, over the last few years, we've really expanded our benefits to include some more parental leave. We added in eight hours of volunteer time off. Um, So we actually pay our team members to go volunteer in our community. And then on top of that, we reward them in our well-being program. Um, We've added coverage around autism and fertility. We've added some supplemental health plans. So we have an accident and a critical illness plan that we included last year. Compassionate time off we added this last year. And then um, new this year, we're actually increasing the opportunity to earn through our well-being program to an amount where team members can fully offset their healthcare contributions or essentially receive free healthcare. It seems like the focus on so many of those is flexibility. And that's really what so many workers, I think, are looking for in this current climate, whether it is additional time off or flexible time off, flexible work schedules with certain corporations or organizations that can manage it. It's even looking at work from home versus flexible work hours, flexible workspace to return to office. It depends on the organization and the workspace and what's required. But you're seeing that across the board is that flexibility really being at the center point of recruiting right now and where companies and organizations can really stake their flag and what they want to be going forward. We're going to learn so much in the coming years, too, of what works for companies and organizations. Yeah, and I will just add to that from a manufacturing company, obviously you have machines that need to run around the clock. So you have three shifts, but then you have this salaried group that can have more flexibility where there's more of this hybrid work from home, come into the office a couple of days a week. Um, But with those hourly workers who have to run machines, you know, we've even added we call them our weekend warriors. So we've added a shift where people can just work on the weekend or um, flexibility with maybe a split shift. And that has never been done before at our company. But again, in order to get people in the door and to keep them, we're having to try all sorts of new things. Yeah, you can be cutting edge and really try new approaches. And I'm sure that's helping recruiting new staff, but also retaining current employees who are starting to reassess and say, hey, where do we want to go? What's good for me going forward? Offering that flexibility is huge. Yep, absolutely. So has your budget for benefits changed at all over the last year or so? Obviously, you're looking to do so much more, but has the budget to pay for some of those added benefits changed at all at ShapeCorp? Yeah, we actually currently are investing in a whole new well-being center. So we're renovating our current space. Um, So this will include some new programs that we're bringing on site that will help to facilitate and support well-being. I wouldn't say there's an actual budget. I think what we, the way we look at it is these are all value adds in so many different ways, whether it's recruiting and retaining or whether it is going to affect our bottom line when it comes to healthcare spend. So I wouldn't say there's a budget. But again, reallocating and looking where you're focused on it. And that's what so many teams are now doing is reassessing and saying, what's important? Where do we want to put our resources, be it time or money to best support the employees? Absolutely. And obviously money is being spent or invested, I should say. And the hope is that it will pay for itself over the years. Absolutely. Then what's the biggest challenge you would see with benefit offerings that you're facing right now as it relates to recruiting or retaining staff? 
You know, I think just meeting everyone's needs and desires, they're all different. So you might have an 18-year-old who wants a different type of benefits package than someone who's nearing retirement. So making sure we're well-rounded with our benefits offerings, but then when it comes to programs and services we provide, I think really being unique and making sure we are offering things to a diverse group and their family members as well. And one thing our owners say often is, you know, we know that if we take care of our employees, that they're going to take care of our business. So we want them to feel valued and cared for. They support our everyday needs and we need to do the same for them. That's so great. So before we wrap here, we're here with Holly Severance and Erica Phelps, both members of the health and well-being team with ShapeCorp. We've talked so much about what's changed on the benefit side over the last two years. So before we wrap, what's something you've learned that's made you a better leader over the last two years with the pandemic? Oh, man, I think I go back to that word flexible. I've never had to be more flexible in my personal life and in my professional life than now. And I think it's just taught us so many things. And like Erica mentioned earlier, although it has been challenging to say the least, I have two children, three and under, it has been challenging to say the least. There have been a lot of silver linings too. That's a great answer. And yeah, something so many of us have learned is that flexibility and that you can allow yourself to be flexible too. Yeah. And that's okay. Erica, how about for you? What's something you've learned that's made you a better leader or just better in your professional life over the last two years? I think for me, my role in where I walked into this company and where I am sitting right now has definitely changed a lot. For me, I would say professionally, I kind of am growing to despise the term pivot, but you know... The things that I'm doing, that whole person well-being. As a background in a dietitian, you can't care about what you're going to eat if you know you're struggling financially, your mental health, or you're trying to balance your kids. And while sometimes the things feel completely social work and out of the scope of my practice, they're important needs to our team members. Um, and so that yeah. whole. While I always respected it, that shift towards the whole person. And, you know, I would say that for, you know, what my role is intended to be, but also for someone who participates in the X program. I mean, that might not be their super priority right now, but they can gain valuable tools too. So just I come back to meet them where they are. So it's been forced, not by choice. And it's okay. And I'm better because of it. That's great. And that's the end goal, right? Okay. So again, we're here with Holly Severance and Erica Phelps, both members of Shape Corp with the health and well-being team. Thank you for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great learning so much about just everything you are doing at Shape Corp to drive recruiting and drive incentives to improve benefits and really create a better employee health and a better employee experience. So again, thanks for being on the HR Works podcast. And we hope to have you back. Thanks for having us. We're back with part two of our special episode done in partnership with the X program by Truth Initiative. We're now joined by Lauren Higgins, Managing Director of Client Success for the X program by Truth Initiative. Lauren, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, happy to have you here. So across your book of business, what's changed and what are you seeing with benefit offerings to better support addiction, specifically tobacco addiction in the workplace? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it pretty closely aligns with some of what Holly was saying earlier today. You know, we see a lot of our existing clients implementing surcharge programs. So those who've not had surcharge programs in the past, really looking for guidance on how to successfully implement a program. 
And then we see a lot of new clients coming on as well and really switching to a more digital program like the X program. Many of them do come from telephonic programs and they are looking to be able to provide a resource that, you know, is really more flexible, has more availability with that 24-7 support to their employee base. Um, Holly mentioned earlier, you know, pivoting and needing to be able to support employees with different work schedules than in the past and being able to enable clients with a digital program really helps them accomplish some of those goals. Um, So I would say that those are some of the main things that we're seeing, you know, obviously significant investment in promoting the X program offering as well. That's great. So with that being said, Lauren, for those with a fixed budget for benefits, and again, we spoke to ShapeCorp, which again, was managing their budget to appropriately meet their employees where they were, right, and offer these new offerings. How would HR leaders know whether they need to prioritize investing in a tobacco cessation program? Yeah, one of the things that, you know, we see again and again coming out of all kinds of studies is that 70% of smokers do actually want to quit. You know, throughout the pandemic, we've seen an increase in tobacco sales kind of across the board. Um, We've seen a a lot of shifting dynamics. So when they start to look at where should we put the money, is cessation a place that really makes sense to invest in at this time? The ROI for getting just one smoker to quit ends up being somewhere around $6,000, probably on the low end if an employee is actually on a medical plan. You know, smoking and tobacco and nicotine use impact a variety of other things, including mental health. And so as we do start to see, you know, some of this shift in treating the whole person, making resources available to them based on all of their needs, tobacco cessation services are definitely a place to consider investing in both from a bottom line perspective in terms of ROI, but also, you know, it can have so many positive effects for an individual when they stop smoking. We see decreases or rather improvements in health in other facets of life and other conditions that they might have if they're able to stop using tobacco and nicotine. Yeah, that's great insight. As you mentioned, it's on the low end, a $6,000 investment in an employee but the intent is that you're really investing in that employee's well-being and that it'll pay back tenfold for the employer with keeping great talent and showing that you really care about your employees. Absolutely. And again, build that affinity and keep your corporate culture with your employees at the forefront. So how does a solution like the X program serve to really help employers retain staff? Yeah, it's been really interesting. Like I said, we've seen the shift with you know employer groups adding surcharges and rolling out surcharges really as a way to get individuals to participate in the program. Some of those surcharges end up applying to spouses as well. You know, for individuals who have maybe quit in the past and relapsed, for example, or who are just kind of down on not having had success in quitting before, the incentives serve as a way to get individuals into the program. And, you know, one of the things that we see consistently that, that I think is fascinating from members within our program is I'm so glad that our company offers this program. I wouldn't have taken the step to do anything if I didn't know this program is available to us. And then, you know, I I think uh, another thing that we see and leads to really helping employers retain their employee base is that when they're working with the X program and, you know, they are given tools and resources, interactive activities, but we also have a chat coaching component of our program. And we see all the time comments about our coaches and members saying, you gave me small, actionable steps that make a difference. Um, in my life. So, you know, we've seen someone who said, 
yes, I'm getting the surcharge, so I'm joining this program. The resource is great, but I don't, I'm down to, you know, just smoking cigars, right, at celebratory events, for example. And our coaches help that member figure out a plan for how to go to a graduation party and not smoke a cigar. What can they do? How can they avoid triggers that are there while still maintaining the conversation and not having to leave the party because they don't want to smoke? And just the outpouring of, I can't believe my company offers this program is just so great to hear. Um, so, you know, I do, I do think that offering a program like this makes employees really understand that it's not actually just about the surcharge. It's about your employer caring about you, caring about caring about your well-being, and being able to enable you to take steps to change the quality of your life with the programs that they offer. And so, um, you know, I think they see a lot of return in that when you get, you know, just beyond what the bottom dollar is. Sure, it contributes to a bottom dollar in terms of not having as much turnover, not having to hire new staff, but just the general sense of, you know, pride and loyalty that it can build is really impressive as well. Yeah, you're showing that your employees are valued and that automatically turns back into a more positive workplace, more positive employees who are going to, as you mentioned, be more loyal to the company and really feel that you're more than just a number to the company and that you really do matter. And investing in something like a tobacco cessation program really shows that you care and that will come back in so many ways, both just in employees staying, obviously, but just in their commitment to an employer as well. It's like Holly said, you know, their leadership at Shape Corp says, you know, when we take care of our employees, they're going to take care of our business. And so I really think offering a program like this kind of brings that full circle from what Shape Corp's leadership is saying as well. Absolutely. So one thing we talked about with Holly and Erica a brief moment ago was just how much has changed since the pandemic and the impact that the pandemic has had on tobacco use. So what trends are you seeing in tobacco use in the wake of the pandemic? Yeah, you know, our organization obviously exists to really help people stop um, using tobacco and nicotine. And so unfortunately, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, we saw cigarette sales surging for really the first time in a long time throughout the pandemic. So they were up about 14%. We actually saw calls to quit lines across all 50 states decreasing by nearly 30%. You know, during the pandemic, there are some studies that have said that 28% of former smokers ended up relapsing. Wow. And then 32% of smokers who, you know, were already smoking increased their tobacco and nicotine usage. So, you know, some really stunning and unfortunate stats that we're seeing there. Obviously, you know, everybody knows that the pandemic really took a toll on kind of mental health. It disrupted our, our everyday lives. You know, uh, lots of folks at Shape Corp were still going to work every day in the midst of a pandemic, not understanding what COVID was. Um, so, you know, we've definitely seen those trends. And unfortunately, we've started to see younger people transitioning to smoking as well. And in addition to dual usage, right? So, you know, folks who are picking up e-cigarettes and also then continuing to maintain smoking combustible cigarettes, you know, maybe in, in car rides or at home, and then they're, you know, potentially vaping at work. So we've definitely seen, you know, a, a large increase there, certainly increasing the need for cessation services through an employer, you know, like Holly said, I, I do think we are starting to see a trend where employers are really looking at the whole person and again, overall well-being health, but also 
really needing to show their employees that they do care about them and they are going to provide them with resources to either, you know, maintain their level of health or better their health. And so we've seen, like I said, unfortunately increased usage, but we definitely have some tools that can help employers with some of those trends. And sometimes that first step is just awareness and getting the information out to your audience, yeah. in this case being employees. So are there certain features that we're seeing text messaging, live chat coaching, for example, within the X program that are being used more often now to help support those who are trying to quit smoking? It's a really good question. And one of the things that I, I love the most about our program is our program is really built with a variety of different ways to engage with the program. So we've certainly seen a lot of people, you know, signing up for both email and text messages as being a way to engage. Definitely an increase in, um, you know, the number of chats that are being had with coaches. We've, we've increased our coaching staff in order to accommodate that. But we also continue to see steady engagement with, you know, some of the interactive tools that are on the site in addition to articles and, and videos. You know, the X program is really built in a way that understands that no two people who are making a quit attempt at the same time are going to have the same experience. So it's not a prescribed, you have to do step one and then do step two, and then you're able to chat with a coach. We really allow the member to dictate what that journey looks like for them to engage with the tools that are most beneficial for them. We've also definitely, you know, seen an increase in the number of nicotine replacement therapy orders as well through our program. So I, I would say, you know, overall, we've definitely seen larger percentages of employees actually registering for the program than we did pre-pandemic. And then, like I said, pretty steady engagement across all features and aspects of our program on an ongoing basis. That's great. And clearly there's a want to quit, but sometimes it just requires being creative and finding new ways to deliver that message, deliver those programs and deliver that support. Um, something that the X program by Truth Initiative is certainly at the forefront of doing and providing for organizations who want to create that and offer that benefit for employers. Absolutely. So again, we're here with Lauren Higgins, Managing Director of Client Success for the X program by Truth Initiative. Lauren, I'd love to learn more about what you work on at the X program by Truth Initiative as the Managing Director of Client Success, if you don't mind sharing that with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I do partner with some of our larger employer groups, like the ShapeCorp team that we just had on here, but I also oversee the overall strategy for how we're actually working with our book of business, what that means, you know, the trends that we're talking about here, what do those actually look like? How does that translate to reporting and how do we best help our clients? really leverage the program and embed it within their overall well-being programs. A lot of what we do here is we look to partner and you know cross-promote other programs that employers have. While we are specifically a tobacco and nicotine cessation program, there's so much overlap in, you know, as you can imagine, mental health and diabetes prevention programs. And so really looking to partner with employers in terms of other initiatives that they're promoting and coordinating internally with the teams here to ensure that we can actually support clients in the best way possible. That's a great initiative. And again, we're covering such a, a serious topic such as tobacco cessation, but to really go out on a positive note here, do you have a favorite success story in your work with the X program by Truth Initiative that you could share with our listeners, something that has really impacted you that you're happy to share? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly seeing individual member testimonials and how much the program has helped them is great. We see a lot of that within our 
online community where members can really get that 24-7 support. But, you know, I think one of the things that I take the most pride in is there have been a couple of clients who have come to us to implement a surcharge program, which, as you can imagine, as an employee is probably initially not the best feeling that I'm doing something I've always done. And now you're going to make me pay for this through my weekly or biweekly paycheck. And the success stories of being able to then collect those testimonials or see what members are saying about coaches and the impact that our program has in their life. You know, earlier I I mentioned that we do have members who say, I never would have done this if my employer didn't offer it to us. I wouldn't have stopped smoking. I wouldn't have tried to stop smoking. And to see some of those quotes coming from organizations who did roll out the program the right way, gave a lengthy runway leading up to implementing a surcharge and really made sure that their communications spoke to members in that this is not a punishment. We are doing this as a way to help you and having members respond positively to that, I would say uh, has definitely been one of the highlights in the last three years I've been here. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that absolutely must be so rewarding to see actually work first person. Lauren, before we wrap up, you're here with the X program by Truth Initiative. Anything you'd like to promote or plug that you are excited about coming up? We've got all kinds of really great changes to the program um, coming up that will be happening over the next six months or so. So I am super excited to be able to start rolling those out. Like I said, we have you know, really great engagement across our existing tools, but we're really hoping to be able to add to what those tools are to really serve members best. So very much looking forward to being able to share more about that in the coming months. That's great. And for our listeners who want to learn more about the X program by Truth Initiative, is there a website we can direct them to? There sure is. You can go to the X, that's exprogram.com and find all kinds of resources. Reach out to our team if you have questions there. Perfect. And we'll provide links within our site as well. So for anyone who's interested, we'll provide plenty of opportunities to engage with and learn more about the X program. So Lauren, before we wrap here, I had asked the same question of Holly and Erica. We've learned so much and, and so much has changed over the last two years. What have you learned personally that's made you a better leader over the last two years? Yeah, I I think I would echo some of what Holly had said in terms of just recognizing the need for flexibility these days. Um, You know, part of our team is remote, part of our team is in person, but regardless of where everyone's going home to, whether they have kids, whether they don't, I think throughout the pandemic, people have really started to prioritize work-life balance. And sometimes that means you know, needing to come in a little late or or take off a little early. And so I think the ability to be able to really accommodate that and let people feel like they can either share or really honor their life outside of work has been um, really important. Yeah, that's been a great takeaway. And Lauren, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. Thank you so much for sharing everything there was to share about the X program, what that can bring and the benefit that can offer to companies and organizations who want to include tobacco cessation programs in their benefits offerings. Thanks again for joining, and we hope to have you back soon. Thanks so much for having me. We hope this episode provided you, the HR leader, with some new tools to build a healthier workforce in 2022. If you want to learn more about the X program by Truth Initiative, be sure to check out their website at www.thexprogram.com. Until next time, this is Josh Zygmunt signing off. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 